0: Amen. Will you just remain standing for a passage? I'm going to read. Uh, this is not on your list, ladies. As you pull scriptures up, this one will not be there. Just going to read a passage of scripture uh, this morning from the book of Second Peter, chapter three. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt and the fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. What a passage on a graduation day. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. We celebrate, we honor, we value, we appreciate we proclaim, Lord, our dependency upon you in this house, and we ask you, Lord, to make yourself known to us before we leave. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Take a seat. All right. There you go. Um, to the parents of Caitlin, Oliver, Hall- Haley, and Aletha. You deserve a badge of some sort. Don't know what that'll be, but uh, yeah, some great aspirations coming out of those little kids. That is awesome. To Zach. Zach. Preach the word, son. Teach the word. Wherever you go, whatever you do, however you say it, wherever it is heard and it comes from you, let it be the unadulterated, let it be the clear, communicated word of the Father. Congratulations. Amen. To Abigail and to Travis. Where's Travis? He leave? Where's Abigail? She leave? All right. Well, tell them for me. So um, Abigail's here. Where's Abigail? Right there. Where's Travis. All right, we're good, we're good, okay. So um, tell them for me as I tell you, reclaim the arts, bring them back into worship where God had designed, called them, anointed them, given them. May the glory of God rest upon you as you do that. To Ella, hi Ella. Be the best nurse you can ever be in your life, all right? It's not gonna be pretty, as a matter of fact, It's going to get incredibly ugly, but be good at it. People need the gift that God's given you that you will use. To Allison, where's Allison? Come on, you tell her for me to be the best teacher in the world she could ever be in her life. Asher, Asher's still in here? Fly high, bud. I'm a Marine, so thank you for the Air Force. Do your thing. You can live for Jesus there. All right. So that's my admonition to all of the graduates to say to you, congratulations, and we wish you well. Um, You probably should go home now for the next, I don't know, 60 days for those of you that are going to college, do nothing but sit around the house, drink milk and Oreos. Just kidding. Moms are like, no, not in, no, that's not not a good word. That's not from God. What are you doing? So, um, um, oh, and I'm going to pick on you because you're a college grad now, Zach, you can handle it, but... uh, There is no gap year between graduating college and going to work, okay? Understand that. Gap years are made for high school seniors that mom and dads are willing to let them do that. There is no such thing as a gap year between graduating college and going to work. So get to work. Start tomorrow, okay? Yeah. And um, you know, it's a great quote. I love this quote from MLK's speech. Let me read it to you. If A man's called to be a street sweeper. He should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the host of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. You know, I'm on the tail end of my life. Let's just be honest about it. I'm 58 years old and after coming through Inglewood on my way here on Friday, I do not like Inglewood I have no desire to go back to Inglewood. There is no way to get home unless I go through Inglewood, and I will now observe the 35-mile-an-hour speed zone that makes absolutely no sense in Inglewood, okay? Yeah. So, you know, um, $267, I suppose, is what I'm going to have to pay, right? And so uh, my wife said to me, I know where that's going to come from. My wife controls the money at the house, and uh, what's hers is hers, and what's mine is hers. And... uh, that's what she would say, and she would love to be here with you today, but she's at the Gaither Fest with my in-laws, of which I'll go back and join today. She said, that's going to come from your little stash. Guys, I know you have a stash. I got one, too. It's about to be empty. I asked my wife the other day. I said, do me a favor. Uh, my wife has now quit work. We called it retirement until she got her last check. Now we just call it quit. And so uh, she stays home, and she's with our third grandchild. It's the most wonderful life we could ever imagine at this stage, and um, but I needed my passport. I needed a question on my passport because I was contemplating, you know, a trip, but I let my passport, what do you call it? Um, Yeah, expire. Who does? Sorry for that 13-year-old voice. It went from 15 to 13 right there, but, uh, you know, I let it expire. Who lets a passport expire? Only not smart people in the middle of COVID, right? So uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. It'll be my third one, I guess. They're going to send me another one, I'm sure. And, um, you know, so so I got these little things that I needed my wife to do. I wanted her to go into that top drawer of my armoire, as she calls it, armoire, whatever that is. I don't know. It's just like a dresser. Go to the top drawer and send me a picture of my passport. I should not have done that. That's where my stash is. (laughs) She knows where my stash is, right? I should not have done that. It's over. I know where that $276 is coming from. It's coming from that top drawer. So, uh, yeah, you know, I don't like Englewood. And the guy was nice. That's what I hated about it. He was nice. He was really polite. Sir, yeah, have you ever figured out how much you tell people thank you for things that you shouldn't? He gave me that ticket, thank you. Why, why did I tell him thank you? He should be thanking me for paying his bill for the next however long. This is where the stubborn comes in in me. So, I got until November or September to pay that ticket. I'm not paying that ticket a day early. You understand? They're not getting interest on my $276. It is not going to happen. I'm going to wait till the end. You say, William, what are you talking about? Why does all of that matter with what we're doing today? Because I want you to understand something. There are laws, (laughs) okay, who did not speed getting here and who will not speed going home, Right, we all break laws, do we not? They're good laws. There's laws we shouldn't break, and then there's those laws like speeding that you're like, that's really not going to be a big issue. The bad thing was my father-in-law was riding on the front, who now suffers from Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, and I was driving his car. Yeah, and um, and he had a moment, a good moment. You know, it's a cruel disease. Any of you guys in this house have that difficulty in your family? I'm so sorry. It's not. It's not a kind disease, it's very cruel, but, 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 but he has this humor, humor moment that comes out of once in a while, and, and so we're, we get that ticket, you know, and I sign all that, and my mother-in-law said something to me like, um, I thought about telling you to slow down, but I didn't, I'm like, really? Why, why in the world did you not tell me to slow down? What, what's the problem? And she's like, would you have any way? Well, probably not, because I wasn't focused on the speed. What are you saying, William? I want you to learn today from my mistake or my error or my dumbness. I would say stupidity, but dumbness sounds better for some of the younger ears than stupidity. But I said both of them, didn't I? But here's the point. Learn from the mistakes of another in order to prevent those in your own life. And some of us have been doing these repeated mistakes over and over and over. And today I want to call some awareness to our lives, and especially to the six graduates in this room and wherever they are, and in perhaps all of the rest of us, would we come together today and understand that what God really wants to do in our life? I'm gonna switch mics, I guess. Yeah, this one's gonna pop out on me, so we'll, we'll, we'll change here. You guys wanna turn this one off on my like, green? This is green. I love it. This is green. This is green. Are we good? Oh, yeah, I, I took my hearing aids out because this little thing. I am too honest today. I took my hearing aids out because this little thing up here doesn't fit well with glasses and a microphone and hearing aids, and I can't, see without, I can't hear without my hearing aids either. But uh, I'm not here to do humor today. I don't know why I'm doing this. It's an epic fail. But, 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 but here's the deal. I want you to focus in today and learn from somebody else's mistakes in an attempt to prevent your own. Okay. To the college graduate and to the high school graduates, this word is for you. But it's also a word for everybody else in this building. You see, what I think God really wants to do in us is I think he wants to release and for some of us reclaim your prophetic voice. Now wake up and hear me this morning. Understand what I'm about to tell you in the next few minutes in this room. Prophecy sells. Hang on. See, if you just ditched out right there, you would have missed the whole thing. We think prophecy sells because every new book that comes out that has the prophetic associated with it, right, is a sellable item because everybody wants to know what the future is going to tell us. Seriously, you get that? I got some friends. Man, they're authors, and they're good authors, and I I pick up their books, and I got a couple of people I follow, and, and, and every time they write a new book, I want to pick it up. Why? Because I believe their voice to be valid. But from the youngest to the eldest in this room, and in particular to those of you that have graduated high school and college, you need to hear what I'm about to tell you. This world wants to silence your voice more now than ever before. This world wants to hinder what you have to say for what God wants to say and what God is wanting to use and do through you. Now, the interesting thing is God doesn't really need your voice. Really, William? But he chooses to use you and to use me to speak profound truths into a chaotic world that doesn't really understand what God is wanting to say to them. And one of the reasons that I'm concerned that they so often don't understand what God is wanting to say to them is because they have allowed their minds to be so heavily burdened down and polluted with the stuff of the world. There's another great passage. Let me just go ahead and and read this one for you. Go to Proverbs 24 passage. Let me read this one for you. I want you to catch this one. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the wicked, for there will be no prospect for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. So before I really get to the affirming part of this message, let me get to the clarity piece of this message. And let me help us understand that the voice of the enemy is going to be quietened one day. Hang on. Now hear me. The voice of the demonic will someday no longer be heard. Now, quite frankly, we should not entertain the voice of the demonic or any likeness thereof, but there's going to become a day And I know it looks like it might not be a possibility because of how crazy the world is right now. But there's going to be a day that the voice of the demonic and the voice of the enemy will be subject to the reign of the Messiah at that particular time. Yeah. Now while that is celebratory for us, And it's good for us to understand what that is actually saying. I think it's also equally important for us to understand what God wants us to be reminded of is that our love for him should never, ever, ever be considered an option in our life. See, church has given us the opportunity to hang out once or twice a week And then for whatever reason, it's easy for us to be kind of distracted for the rest of the week. You know, I stopped by a friend of mine's church the other day on a Thursday. And I walked into that church with a friend of mine. We were going for a meeting. And, man, this is a huge, huge church. And I walked in and, man, they had worship music going everywhere. And it was a Thursday. Why in the world are you going to have worship music on a Thursday? Because they were there. Oh my goodness, that's a word for some of you guys right now. What if where you went, you brought in such an atmosphere of glory that when you got there, it changed the atmosphere of what was there before you got there? What would be different when you go, where where are you going, Ellie? Ella, where are you going to college? Tusculum. What would be different in Tusculum? And they say, what happened to us? Well, there was a girl named Ella, and she came, and while she was here, she was on fire, and she was radiant, and she was in tune, and God shined his light up on this place. Y'all pray for Asher. What would happen when Asher gets in the Air Force and a drill instructor says, there's something different about that kid. Oh, I'm going to treat him just like everybody else. He's got to learn how to eat. He's got to learn how to be polite. He's got to learn how to wear a uniform. He's got to dress good. But there's something different about that kid inside of his heart. Zach, if I could tell you all the mistakes I've made in my life, Nobody would want me in this pulpit, but I'm going to tell you something, son. You're at a very vulnerable place in a world that is so chaotic that when you speak, I want you to speak under the authority of heaven with absolutely no fear of the enemy who stands in opposition to you. What are you saying, William? I'm saying we've got to focus in. We've got to understand for all of those that are going forward, you need to release your prophetic voice, and for those that have lost their voice, you need to reclaim yours. You see, the the prophetic voice is not just for the preachers. The Old Testament is going to give you some really cool stuff that if we were like Old Testament folks, there would be a lot less prophesying because they stoned false prophets in the Old Testament. What if you had a stone, and every time somebody said something didn't come true, you just want to pop them with it? You'd be just as bad as they are. Don't do that. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. This right here is the greatest and the most accurate and legitimate, and this is the voice of God, and there is nothing like it. Everything else pales in comparison to what this book says. I was on my way over here in 93.6. If you've never heard 93.6, I think it is. That's like a, you need to listen to that. There's some preacher today on there, and I love what he said. He said, the devil ain't nothing but a mouse with a microphone. You know what? I'm like, that's good. I don't care where you come from. That's good. So I'm using it myself. I don't even know his name, so I'm not going to give him credit for it. I'm just going to pick it up and take it myself. I'm in academics. I work in a Ph.D. field, man. Everything's got to be cited. Everything's got to be recorded. But I'm going to tell you, a great definition of creativity is forgetting who you stole it from. And I'm stealing it from that little country preacher at that little Baptist church, wherever it was, somewhere on some side road in Knoxville. He said that the devil is nothing more but a mouse with a microphone. Church, we've got to get to the place that we're no longer afraid of what the enemy is saying or what the demonic is doing because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. You say, William, how do we get this prophetic voice alive in us again? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Number one is confession. I, I'm going to be wise here. Be careful who you confess to. Nobody needs to know all your stuff, but somebody's got to know where you struggle. There's a lot more, there's a lot, there's a lot more white hairs in here than it was last time I came. Now, it's still on the same five people, right? Yeah, you got some too. It's still on the same five people. There's just getting more what now? There's more people here with white hair than they I like the white hair, folks. I'm about to get there myself. I'm going to have the cayenne pepper and the white, I hope. I don't know. I was walking beside my wife yesterday, and her hair is turning gray. I said to her, I said, that, that, those little streaks you got in your hair. And she just looked at her. You ever had your spouse look up at you with the eyeballs? Like they're looking this direction, but they're looking at you. Because they know what you said was probably like a stretch. And I said to her, I said, them little them little highlights she put in your hair. I said, that's good. It ain't highlights she put in her hair. She's turning gray. But with gray hair comes wisdom. At least it should. Wow, I shouldn't have said it like that. But here's the point. The longer you are in this faith journey, the more stable you should be. But if you have not been, today you can begin to be so that where you had not been, you can go to where you did not go because now you know where you should go. You tracking with me? I got no replays for y'all today because some of that I'm just letting the Lord speak right now. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. Number one, you got to confess. What do you do, William? Yeah, you confess. What's, what's, What's confession all about? Confession is kind of an interesting term because what it does is it actually reveals inside of us that which we may not necessarily want to be said. But that's why God wants us to say it to him in such a way so that whenever we confess to him, we have said to him, God, I need you now. You know what the now means? It's not complicated. It means now. Like, like like right now. You ever had anybody tell you to do something and tell you to do it now? Well, I want to do it later. I think God might be saying to us as a church, and in particular this church, I, I, I want your voice to come forth now. I don't, I don't want your voice to be delayed. So how do you do this? Number two, consecration. You know what consecration is? Consecration is one of those sellout moments. It's one of those moments where I get to the place where I simply say, you know what, God, I'm tuning in to where you are and who you are and what you're saying to my life, and I don't really care what anybody else thinks about it. stopped by Bojangles this morning on my way here. Well, passed here and I came back. I didn't want to eat a whole lot, so I just got a dirty, you know, at 935 or 940, you can go to Bojangles, they got the chicken ready. They done, they done, they done exercise that right to get some good food on the plate first. I got a dirty rice. I waited there for like 17 minutes for a dirty rice and a sweet tea. And there was this girl that walked in, walked right past us, no regard, no concern, no care. Matter of fact, her shirt said, breaking news. Had an emblem on the shirt. Breaking news. I don't care. She ordered early. They got a thing called call in early. Order like, like a little phone. You get your little app. You order something early. You walk right past everybody while they're salivating, over you know, the chicken before it gets cold. And you get yours and you go on. But, but hear what I'm about to tell you. This girl had a shirt on that said, breaking news, I don't care. Now, the world has given the imagery to us that they do not care about a heritage or anything of value in this world. But you and I might also employ, I don't care, enemy, what you do or what you say because I've read the book, and the book says you're going to lose and I'm going to win. I don't care, enemy, what you do because the greater he is inside of me, when you have expounded your greatness or your perceived greatness, enemy, God is greater than what you think you are in your greatness. Be careful and tender with the sheep, but be stern with the devil. Now hear me. Too often we've been yelling at the people, while accepting that's just the new era of the day. But I'm here to tell you to put your foot down, Alcoa. Put your foot down, Maribel Church of God. Make the statement who you are and live to be who you say you're going to be so that the world sees you, they're going to see something that they want. How do you get there? You confess. Number two, you, you, you do this thing called consecration. Actually, you kind of commit your life to the place that you're saying, I am in this for the long haul. There's a great passage of Scripture in, in, in Hosea, come and let us return to the Lord. You can stop right there. I don't know when you haven't been with the Lord, but when you have been with Him, there's something different about you than there was before. It's good preaching for you college graduate and you high school graduates that are headed wherever you're going, but it's also good preaching for the rest of us in this house to say to God, you know what, God? I'm at the place now in my journey that I've got to be more committed to you than I've ever been in my life. You see, if we don't get this part right... If we don't get this connection right before the Lord, then what's going to happen is the enemy is going to continue to weave himself in, and in doing so, he's going to pull some away. I I think I told you this the last three times I've been here, and if I ever get a chance to come back past next Saturday, I'll probably tell you again, it's not going to get any better. It's not. Kids, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're going to live with a whole lot more hell on earth than what my generation did. But let me tell you something. You can live with a burning fire of the Holy Spirit inside of you that is greater than your parents or your grandparents or your great-grandparents or anybody before you. Don't speed, kids. Somebody will catch you. Our generation has not been real good about being honest in front of our children, Paul. I'm not telling you to be transparent for the sake of carelessness, but I'm telling you to be honest with your kids and your grandkids. And when you struggle, don't fake it. And when you're hurting, don't make them wonder what's wrong with you. Tell them you're hurting and trust their prayer to help you through it. He was six years old, and I was laying on the couch, and I was sick as a dog. And he came over, and he prayed for me. And then he looked at me. And he said, You feel better? I said, No. He said, Let's pray again, Dad. And he's 32 now. And he calls me and says, Help me pray for my kids. What are you saying, William? I'm telling you, there is an anointing of God when we get to the place that we're selling out, and everything else is secondary, and God is primary your addictions that you have that you hold so dear and thinking that you have to continue those addictions? I ain't talking about the good addiction. Now, the good addiction is to eat right, right? But the bad addictions, the ones that you really know, you've been hanging out with those for so long, why not let today be one of those days that when you make that confession and you begin that consecration and you make that commitment that you say, you know what, God, you already know about this addiction in my life. Let me give it to you today, and why don't you take it away? And in order for you to let God take it away is you've got to release it when you give it to him. So often we want to give something to God, and we want to give something to God in our hand. Hold it, Paul. We want to give that to God, and God begins to want to take it, but you know, like it becomes so comfortable to us that, that we don't want to let go of it. Let me tell you something. Some of y'all need to get uncomfortable in your comfortableness. The says I can't say comfortable. Y'all say it another whole way, comfortable or something like that. But here's what I want you to understand. Quit. Playing with the enemy's gifts in your hand. Quit. Quit. Because everything he gives you is bad. Oh, it's good. Only for a season, scripture says it's bad. You know, there's a I don't like rattlesnakes. Y'all got a snake in y'all's house, y'all got problems. I'm just saying, who got a pet snake? Don't, don't raise your hand. Nobody wants to come over to eat with y'all unless you're eating a snake. Y'all got issues. There is nothing good about a snake. You know, I walk into my carport, and I walk into my carport cautiously. And I walk into my carport cautiously most days because I haven't told my wife this, but I have a cabinet. She knows about the cabinet. It's a little tool cabinet because my boys begin to come borrow my stuff. And borrowing my stuff somehow got translated into their stuff. And so now I have a few things left in my stuff that I have in that file cabinet. Now they're grown. They got more tools than I got, so I go borrow their stuff. But I, I'm going to tell you it's about eight years ago. I went into that cabinet, opened that cabinet up. I saw a snake skin. You know what a snake skin means? They have departed where they left the skin, but it does not mean that they have departed the building. So I go into my carport cautiously because I got no idea where that little snake could be or whether or not he's even there. The likelihood of him being there is not high because the cat goes in there, which I do not like, but it's one of them hyperallergenics that stays outside. And I guess the cat may have scared that snake off. I don't know. But some of y'all need to understand what I'm telling you with this illustration. In order to walk boldly into the world, you must walk humbly into the throne. Now hear me, I walk cautiously into that little room where that little snake skin was about eight years ago. I'm really not afraid of that snake, but I'm aware that there's a snake skin in that cabinet. Not no more, because I took it and burned it in the fire, hoping that the snake might have tried to chase it back down. But here's what I'm telling you. In order to walk boldly into the world, you must walk humbly into the throne room of Jehovah and tell him, I need you more than I did yesterday. Wow. You know, the greatest demise you could give your children or your grandchildren is if your future is less than your former. Wow, wake up and hear that. Don't give them leftovers. Invite them to the table of abundance. And when you do, they will taste something more than stale or old. I'm a college professor. I work with kids. I work with students. I work with college people. And they are odd. But you raised them and gave them to us, and they're odd. Oh, make them make their bed. Asher is most likely going to be the only one out of that six that's going to make his bed. Come on, Ella. Do me a favor and your mama a favor. Make your bed and use that little electronic device they gave you. Send a picture back. Not the same picture, but every day. So you can let your mama know, and you might want to go home tomorrow and start practicing to make that bed so that when you get to college, you can make that bed. What are you saying, William? I'm saying the time is getting near. Now, my daddy was an old Church of God preacher, Church of God prophecy to be exact, and he preached for 52 years. He was, he was, he was an on-fire guy, on-fire guy for God. Had no formal education, but he knew everything in this book there was to know. Please hear me today. Your, your love for this book and your desire for God needs to be hotter today than your hottest day you can remember. There have been seasons in my life where I could remember a day when I was more anointed than I was on that day. That's a painful place to be. I prayed to God, don't ever let me miss it. Prayed the prayer that David prayed, take not your Holy Spirit from me. You can take my kingdoms, how small they may be. You can take my excess, which I like to use as my today. But God, whatever, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Why? Because your Holy Spirit gives me passion for my journey. Your Holy Spirit gives me discernment for my walk. Your Holy Spirit gives me clarity in my confusion. Your Holy Spirit gives me discipline in my daily activity. And your Holy Spirit gives me boldness in the world. Boldness and arrogance are not the same. Arrogance is when I want you to think I'm good. And boldness is when I'm confident that he knows and that he's good. And you be bold, but you be gentle. You be authoritative, but you be kind. You be unconditionally bound to the truth of the Scripture. And you deliver it with weeping eyes and bleeding hearts if necessary. To say, there is a God, and he's real, and he's coming, and I want you to be ready. So, three and four. Put them up, please. How do you do this, William? You confess. You consecrate. You make a commitment. Why does that matter? Because at the end of the day, the completion is what we're for. There's a great passage of Scripture. The thief cometh not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life, and that you may have it in the fullness. John 10 and 10. Let me read it for you. Actually, put it on the screen for, you, for us. But I want you to see, there's a, there's a really cool little, little passage insight right here that I want you to catch. The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I've come that you may have life and that you may have it in more abundance. What does the enemy want to do? He wants to quiet your voice. If he can quiet your voice, what will happen at that point is he's going to take your joy. And if he can take your joy, he can mar your witness. And I'm telling you, and I want you to hear me, and we're going to go to prayer in just a minute. This church is not a place to come park out. It's not a place to be complacent. It's not a place to let Everybody else do what needs to be done. Pastor didn't give me these notes, and I don't even know who I'm talking to, but what I need you to understand is, in this world we're living in, the grip of the enemy is getting tighter and tighter and tighter. I, I, I have this problem, and I think it's called arthritis. So my wife, who has dealt with arthritis, has a little patience for me. And I asked her the other day, and I won't show you which finger it is because it would present itself as something else, but I have one finger on my right hand that has this problem every morning when I wake up. I got to, like, double joint that thing. I, I like, pop it to try to get it to wake up. So I asked my wife, can you have arthritis in one joint? you saying, yeah, you can. That's what she said. I didn't like her answer. Chances are, The arthritis in that one joint will own the neighborhood before it's over. And the rest of the joints on that hand are probably going to get accustomed to what that one introductory joint of arthritis is. Unless y'all pray God heals me. But anyway, what are you saying, William? Don't get comfortable with what should not be there and accept what does not belong because it has been there long enough that it has become a reality for you. Wow. Did you hear what I said? Don't let that thing that has become so customary for you that you know does not need to be there, stay there because it's going to eventually convince the rest of you that that is okay. And if you say what is okay that is not okay, then eventually your discernment for what is and is not okay will be skewed. And it's really about everybody else more than it's about you. an idea and a scriptural reference Pastor Paul that I struggle with daily because I stand behind this pulpit and I preach this word I'm going to be held accountable differently than probably others we know that as preachers of the word right my daddy used to say it this way he said William I could never miss an opportunity To share the gospel. Because I don't want that person's blood on my hands. Well, I'm going to tell you. From the youngest to the oldest. How you reflect the image of Christ in this world matters. Don't let the enemy take your voice. Don't let the enemy rob your joy. And don't let the enemy mar your witness. And how do we prevent it? we confess we make this conscious decision that I'm all in for you God and number 3 we commit and number 4 we enter into the completion phase of letting God do what God can do Father in the next few minutes make yourself known in this room in Jesus name amen college graduate and high school graduates come would you to be the first to come up here come on hurry Don't make me ask for you again. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Y'all been up here to get your gift. Now come up here. We're going to pray for you. Come on. Families of these, come on up here with them. Let's go. Hurry. Come on. If you're a family member of these, come on. Just come up here and stand facing this way. Yeah. Come on, come on. Come on, family members. Come on, get around them. Act like you love them. You're fixing to send them off. You're going to repaint their room. If there's a sibling in the house, they get the whole house. You know, they came pretty easy because they're getting ready to see some life changes and they're going to pray for this crowd. But I need to cast a request for the rest of you. If you need to confess today before the Lord, if you need to get really serious about your consecration, if you need to reclaim your commitment, and you want to make sure that where you're headed is where you need to go, then I want you to stand in this room. If that's you. No, oh, don't don't be shy. I gave it to you in all fours, so you ain't got to be the only one that has to confess to stand up. Okay, now I want y'all to come on up and get behind these. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We're gonna pray, church. We're not playing here, guys. Come on. This this church is accustomed to prayer. Come on, come on. If you need to confess something for the Lord, come on up here. That little addiction you got that you don't think you need to admit, you need to admit it and say, God, I don't want it no more. I don't want it no more. I can't take it anymore, God. You see, what the enemy wants to do is really confuse your mind. And what God says, I want to give clarity of your mind. And when I give you clarity of your mind, then you have authority and boldness in your voice. And when you speak with boldness and authority in your voice, then everybody else around you hears. Wow. Y'all going to sing something good? Okay. Okay. If y'all sitting out there and you missed your chance to come on up and make a confession before the Lord, I'm going to give you one more shot. And I guess I'm going to make the assumption today that if you're sitting out there and you don't need to confess or you don't need to commit or you don't need to make consecration, then I want you to stand up because you are full of prayer today. And I want you to extend your hands towards this crowd. And as they stand, they make their journey forward in confession. I love it. Wow. Pastor Paul, it's a different kind of altar call today, so I want you to join me up here, sir. Oh, come on, church. Come on, come on, come on, come on. If you're you're standing out there, you're not standing up here with us. You're standing out there in the crowd. On the count of three, I want you to yell as loud as you can, I'm for you. One, two, three. Wow. May it echo in the depths of your soul for the rest of your life for the rest of your journey. May it echo when you can't hear or read anything that makes sense in the world. May it proclaim it from the depths of your soul. And when you're in that college dorm room and everything looks like it's just chaos and distorted and it doesn't make sense, what's this crowd back here going to say? One, two, three. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And when you're at boot camp and you're going to wonder why you did that, my daddy told me, he said, you can cry yourself to sleep at night, son, but you better hold your eyes open in the daytime, and he was right. When Asher's in boot camp in October, what are you going to tell him? One, two, three. Come on. Come on. You Abigail? Nope. This is Allison. You're the teacher. Wow. I don't even understand why you want to be a teacher in a world like we have today, but I can understand why God would stamp you as a world changer in a world that we have today. So may the God of heaven who leaks out of your eyes and out of the tenderness and out of the gentleness of your heart, when the world's agenda doesn't meet the passion of your heart, may God be God to those kids in the days ahead. Amen. Amen. What's your name again? Allison. What is it? When Allison's out there in the teaching your grandchildren, what are you going to tell her? One, two, three. Come on. You're Abigail. You're the dancer, right? Dance for Jesus, kid. Do it. Do it. Dance. For, I'm telling you, dance for Jesus. Do it. What are you going to tell Abigail? One, two, three. What you going to do, Zach? Are you going to preach? What are you going to do? Write movies. That's good. That's good. Write movies. Wow, would you write something for Jesus, man? You're going to preach. You're going to preach. It's going to be okay. You might write, but you're going to preach. What do you want to tell Zach? One, two, three. Where'd the music boy go? you he here? Okay. Church, lift up your hands all across this building. Pastor Paul, I'm going to let you do this prayer at the end of this because you're their shepherd. You're their pastor. Parents, you're going to release them. You're going to let them go. (laughs) Release them and let them go in the power of Jehovah. And kids, when you go, go in the promise and the authority and the power of His Word.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Father, God, we praise You,
1: Lord, for this powerful, encouraging, challenging Word. I pray, Lord, that every single one of these young people, God, I pray over Abigail, God, that you'll bless her, touch her, strengthen her, anoint her. God, I pray that she will lead so many in the beauty of of your glory, God, worshiping you, Lord Jesus, in the dance. Lord, I pray she danced as David danced. And Lord, that the passion and power flows through her, God. Lord, and leads others into that same place. I pray for Zach. I pray your anointing to be upon him. Lord, I pray that you'll give him the creative mind to be able to create things that will lead people to you Lord Jesus that will challenge them to know you in a world that that tries to distract I pray that everything that flows off of the hands and lips of this young man God will lead people to you to your truth and to your way God it'll encourage Father I pray for every child that sits under Allison that that they'll see the love of Jesus through her God and that the message that she carries is a message of hope a message of life a message, Lord, that you are the only way, the truth, and the life. And anoint her in a powerful way, Lord. Give her the wisdom and the patience and the and the endurance to be able to handle what the world tries to throw at her, God. Lord, use her in a powerful way, Jesus. Lord, I pray for Asher. I thank you, God, for the passion he has. Lord, for the desire he has to honor you and honor this country. And I pray, God, that your hand of a protection will be upon him, Lord Jesus. Lord, that he'll be a light in a world that is losing sight of your truth. Lord, that they, a world that has lost the meaning of what we stand for as a country. I pray that he'll be one of those who's able to stand for truth, stand for life, stand for godliness, stand for hope, Lord Jesus. Lord, that he will be a light in the midst of darkness. God, use him in a powerful way and anoint him in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm thankful for Ella. I'm thankful, God, for the passion she has. And, Lord, I pray your hand to be upon her, Lord Jesus. And, Lord, as she grows, as she matures even more in you, Lord, I pray that your name will be proclaimed in everything she does, God. Lord, that she represents not only her family, but represents you well. Lord, that your love shines through her, God. That your word emanates through her, Lord Jesus. And God, that every step she takes, she takes for the glory and honor of you. Lord, anoint her. Let your hand of protection be upon her mind and her heart, God. Lord, as, as Brother Williams said, Lord, not, don't allow your spirit to remo- be removed from her, Lord Jesus. But Lord, and fill her and empower her even more every single day. Let her light shine in the midst of darkness. Let your light shine in her in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, I thank you, Jesus, for this young man who's standing here right here, right now. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit will touch Zach. God, that your hand of protection be upon him, that your light will shine in him, Lord Jesus. Lord, every, every tool the enemy's try to use against him, I pray, be destroyed in Jesus' name. The heritage we have in you, God, is, Lord, that no weapon formed and forged against us shall prosper. And, Lord, I pray you'll break every evil tongue that has tried to speak against him and let your light shine in him, Lord. Let your anointing rest on him, Lord Jesus. Let your glory shine through him. Lord, give him peace and favor. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for every person that's walked up. Lord, it says we need to commit ourselves. We need to consecrate ourselves. We need to confess to you, O Lord. Father, I'm thankful for the Apostle Paul who was willing to express his weakness He said, I will glory in my weakness because when I am weak, you, O Lord, are strong. And Father, I pray right now that every person that's walked up here and says, I need the Lord Jesus more now than ever. I pray, Lord, that we will glory in the fact that we need you because we know that you are there. Our faith is in you. Our confidence is in you, Lord Jesus. And, Lord, we know that you will make a way where there is no way. We know that you will open doors where the enemies tried to keep us from. And, Lord, you will make a way where no one can shut it, God. And I pray you will walk through. Give us the wisdom to walk through the doors that you're opening. Give us the empowerment to know, Lord, that you are with us and will be with us until the end. Lord, we surrender our all to you, Jesus. Lord, football teams, basketball teams softball teams baseball teams have tried to coin a phrase all in but lord today we proclaim to you that we are all in we give it all to you lord we're not holding back there's no empty there's no closets filled with junk in our room today we open up we bear it all we say lord consecrate us anoint us cleanse us purify us we need you, Lord Jesus. And we proclaim today, God, we are all in. Show us your truth. Lead us into your path of righteousness. Lord, let your glory shine through us. Let you be the center of our life, Jesus. You be in the midst of us in everything we say, in everything we do. Lord, I'm thankful for a congregation who will say, I am for you. And I pray that we will continue to walk together, hand in hand, recognizing that it takes a community, it takes a church, a believers connected to be able to live this journey out. We can't do this in solitude. We can't say that me and Jesus have our own thing going. Because it is only as we live out the living word of God, not forsaking ourselves of the assembling, but God joining together hand in hand, arm in arm, saying we are the, of one body where there is one God, one spirit, one Lord of them all. And Lord, we surrender to you, Jesus. Have your way in us and let us grow together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. May you be blessed, graduates. May you be blessed. May be used of God. May you lift up His name in all you do. I'm proud of you guys. Father, I pray for Justin. I'm thankful. Lord, that he is here. I'm thankful, Lord, that you have blessed him. You've anointed him. And Lord, I pray that you'll keep his eyes on you, Lord Jesus. Let him not sway to the left or the right, God, but let his, let him understand that your word says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of you. God, you've already got a plan. You've already laid a path. And I pray that every single day, Justin will walk in those steps. That he'll say, Lord, show me your way. Lead me into your truth. And God, every day, I pray that your light shines upon him. Your anointing rests on him. And Lord, that he glorifies you in every step of the way. Proclaiming, I'm following the Lord. I have decided to follow Jesus. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Come on, can we give God praise? This house, Amen. 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 Tomorrow evening, our celebrate recovery is 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 hosting Aaron Justice. He will be um, he'll be leading us in a worship service. We'll have hamburgers and hot dogs. If you'd like to come out and and have a memorial. Day celebration with us at CR tomorrow. We'd love to have you. It starts at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. Wednesday night, uh, we are in the book of Galatians and would love to have you come out as we are uh, getting deep into the, the word of Galatians. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful Memorial Day. Amen.